everyone. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are talking about the ultimate TBR list of small town romances. If you love small towns, these are the top 10 small town series that every romance reader should be reading. Okay, but it's not the top 10. It is a top 10 because honestly, I, I had a hard time. We are the authority. It is the top 10. Yeah, but I could give a top 20. So Okay, but we're only doing 10. I, I know this. These are the top 10. Um, we did do a podcast back this last fall with contributors Rachel, Heather, and Jenny and talked small towns with them and gave a ton of serious wrecks in that list also. I am not sure if we've repeated any. We might have a repeat author, but we do not have repeat towns because we made a conscious effort to not repeat a town. Um, So let's talk about small town. I have to say, as I was going through my Goodreads list on this, I don't read as much small town as I thought I did. Yeah, I read a lot of small town, but I think part of it is the fact that I like I am drawn to us. I live in a small town. I grew up in a small town. So I have this draw to small towns to see like how similar and how different the like small towns of like romance landia compare to like my small town of life. I don't, I don't know. I live in a mid-sized town. I we're called a micro metropolis. Like, yeah. Um, I like I couldn't even say that I grew up in a small town. I grew up in the middle of a field. I just small town. So I think sometimes we get small town romances, but they act like they're bigger than they are. Like every Mm -hmm. once in a while you read a small town and they talk about like all the stores they have and the access they have to like entertainment and stuff like that. And in the reality of small town, that's a suburb. Yeah. Like if you only have to drive 20 minutes to get to the target, that's a freaking suburb. Well, but that... Not technically, because it only takes me 15 minutes to get to Target, but but that is, the Target is in the suburb, like, and I'm a suburb of the suburb. But I'm just saying that, like, a lot of times when we read Small Town, they talk, you know, like, high-end fancy restaurants or, you know, some of the things that they talk about do not exist in real Small Town America. No, they don't. And, and... But the thing with romance books is liberties are allowed to be taken. And like, that's the one thing like, yes, it is a small town, but there are small towns with those types of things. Well, it's yeah. just not the norm. And in our small town episode, we did talk about demographic and what you would consider a small town, like around population type numbers. Yeah. And um I honestly believe it has to be under 10,000 people in Romance Landia to be considered a small town. Anything above that, in America, you might have a small town of 45,000 people in real life, but the way the author is writing oh, small I town. I don't think in America a town of 45,000 people is a small town, though. That's like, still considered small town. Is it? Mm-hmm. I have like 2,000 people in my town. Yeah, I think, but I think, again, it's just, you know, what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like part of the reason I don't love small town is I don't, I get grumpy in small towns, like when they're written to be more bigger than they are. Well, they're trying to get this small kitschiness of small town. Um, you know, everybody knows everybody, everybody knows everybody's business. You can't go somewhere without running into someone, you know, which there are some elements to that, but like. I don't know everybody in my town. Like, I don't know everybody's business in my town. Like, I know a lot. And if I go to the right person, then I can get more. But yeah, yeah, those types of things, like, unless you're kind of infamous in your small town, people don't know. Yeah. So I think that there's just little things about small towns that if it's not done correctly, it turns me off. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like, and there's some things about small town romances that I don't like. I feel like they, they lend too much to the fact that like, 
there's this bubble and people don't exist outside the bubble, but that's not true. Yeah. I also think that sometimes in small town romances, they're not really, I think they're purely for escapism. I don't think Mm -hmm. authors are dealing with real life issues in a small town romance. Right. Um, And so if you are looking for pure escapism, then a lot of small towns would work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I get picky about them because, you know, there are certain things that I don't know. There are no hot cops in my small town is all I'm saying. (laughs) See that there are in mine. There are none in mine. Um, There are not hot firemen, though. I mean, there's attractive firemen, but I would say that we don't have hot firemen in our volunteer fire department. Yeah, we don't even got that. And we have a paid fire department. Um, Okay, so what draws you into a small town romance? Um, Just the the element of how the small town itself is created. Like whether or not the small town is a character in itself, or if it's just the backdrop of the story doesn't really bother me either way but it's I'm always drawn into how does the author either create this in imaginary small town and how do they use that town to their advantage well and I think that's a clear distinction I think that in small town we have small town written two different ways Mm -hmm. small town is simply the setting so they're looking for a more smaller, intimate setting. And I think that that can even be achieved in a, in a romance that takes place in New York City if they stick to a neighborhood right. or to a single location. It can have that small, intimate feeling. But in small town romance, the authors are either writing it as a setting, so to create a small, intimate setting, or they write the small town as a character. Mm-hmm. Or, And within that small town as a character, there are dynamic characters within it. Right. And there are some authors that they create these elaborate and amazing small towns. And there are some that they do okay. Like, but they're just kind of missing that extra little magic, so to speak, to create that character base of the small town. But but they've created really strong stories. So I, I don't always miss that magic of the small town, but then some like it is, it's just a setting where in the characters like drive the stories. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is one thing that you always want in a small town romance? I don't, I don't know. Just one thing. Do you have one thing that you really, that makes a small town romance dynamic for you? I don't think there's one thing. I think it's how the small town plays into the story. Like, why is it, why, why is it a small town romance? Like, is it, it's almost like the Die Hard Christmas test. Is this a story that could have happened anywhere? Like, why is it happening in that small town? I want the kitsch. Uh-huh. It is not a good enough small town for me if there isn't something that's a kitsch. Well, and it could be the town itself or it could be a character in the town. Yeah, it could be a location within the town, you know, a mm-hmm. weird sculpture in the middle of town that nobody knows why it's there or chairs by the creek on Friday night. Every Friday night they get together mm-hmm. and have chairs by the creek. I want Or a jam s- session, so to speak, in the community yeah. session center. I just want something kitschy. If there's not something kitschy, then... In my opinion, it feels like that romance could take place anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big thing. Like it essentially like it does. Is it the diehard? It's the diehard test of small towns. Like, does it pass the test? Like, is there something like, could this have romance had happened anywhere? Like what was special about this book in this town? I recently did an interview with author Bella Matthews and we were talking and she, her character's live in a small town outside Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But so I called it small town adjacent. It's yeah. really big city and it's not a burb. It's not like a part of the suburban outlay of Philadelphia. The town is far enough outside the city that it's its own town. Right. Um, And I think that that's very unique to the East coast. Yeah. 
you know, recently um, Ohio's had some issues, EPA issues. And I have gotten a ton of messages from listeners saying, hey, you know, just checking, are you okay? And I'm like, well, interesting enough, Leah's closer to it than I. <laughs> it is. And interesting enough, our water supply is not the issue, but airborne things yeah. are. I mean, we're not so. going to get into all of that, but I'm just saying and that we, like. But I am okay for those who are curious. <laughs> but it okay. just, you know, like, like space, you know, you can get like five of the state of Delaware in Ohio, like we're gigantic. Um, yeah. And so it's. Well, and like I live right, I live close to the Ohio border, but we know authors who live at the other, or like people who live at the other side of Pennsylvania, and they're a good seven hours away from me. Yeah. So, so I just think that small town is different too, depending on where you live. I think so too, because I mean, I live near Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh. The, the inner city of Pittsburgh is very suburban, but then as you, the suburbs of Pittsburgh are plentiful, but they are really big. And if like we were in a different state, they could be cities on in themselves, but like the way that it's situated, I live about a half hour outside of Pittsburgh, like in the country, and I'm using air quotes there <laughs> for those of you who can't see me, like but I'm still in a town. And then if you go like 10 more minutes to like where I grew up, that is like country country. Yeah. So it's, it is kind of relative to where you're at, like how the geography of it works. Right. And it's, it's interesting. Well, and how adjacent you are to the larger cities, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we get small town romances from authors and the town is in the middle of nowhere and the next closest town is, you know, like another 45 minutes. And again, that wouldn't happen if your small town is East coast or mid Atlantic until you get to like Virginia or North and South Carolina. Yeah. Like Marie Johnston, she writes small town, North Dakota, like, and hers are small town and there's nothing really around them. I think the closest city is like an hour for them. Yeah. Like the closest, like bigger town, like there's, travel involved yeah um okay so we asked the community uh, buzzing about romance listeners to nominate some of their favorite small towns Mm -hmm. and we had some great suggestions but some of them are ones i've never read before yeah same so we added a few to our tbrs um in in this the voting um, and at the end of our list, we will give you who the winner is. I think that's one thing people don't realize is when we ask for community votes and we are given lots of options, like Becky and I add a ton of books to our TBRs as well, because you guys, like everybody who listens to us read different things. And it's really, it's actually really fun. I found some really good authors from community like nominations. Yeah, like my TBR blew up with this episode because there were quite a few in this final list that Mm -hmm. I hadn't read. And actually the community winner, I have not read. Oh, I have. Still like, it's a delightful place to be. Um, Okay, so this is our list of absolute must read along with the community favorite of small town series. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is you people need to read these books. Yes, but our small town list is not limited to these 10. So just. No, this is it. Like, these are the ones we care that you read. (laughs) I don't care. Like, you can read other ones, but the ones you have to read are the ones on this list. This is true. Um, so for each book, we'll cover the following number of books in the series. We'll let you know if it's a complete series or it's still ongoing. Um, we'll let you know if there's a small town feature that we just adore in this series, and we'll let you know if it has the kitsch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have sm- these top small towns. There are six that Leah and I figured out together. Yes. <coughs> that we agreed on are must reads. Mm-hmm. And then we each will provide you with two additional that are different. Yes. Um, And then after that 10 total, you will get the community winner of the Buzzing About Romance, Top Small Town. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we have to do state very clearly because Lee is convinced that people will think we are picking favorites or something. This list is in no particular order. Actually, I don't. With the way the list is laid out, I know that it is no particular order. <laughs> it is not in any particular order. Um, okay, so do you want to do our six first or do you want to do our two individuals and then our six and then the community? How do you want to do it? Let's, let's do our six first. Okay, start so, it off. So town number one is one of our absolute favorites, of course. It is Papillon. Uh, it is the Butterfly Bayou series by Lexi Blake. It is in Louisiana. There are six current books in this series, but it is ongoing. Um, and there's just something about this town. I mean, they have an alligator as a town like mascot, and his name is Otis. He is Otis, yeah. Um, so this has the bar, the Gidry Bar. Mm -hmm. um that the Gidry family runs and it's a space it is a space it is a space the uh sheriff in town writes tickets to get like a new coffee maker mm -hmm. like that's how you get a speeding ticket so he can get a new coffee maker the kitsch each of the books in this series have some kind of kitsch to it they do um but some of my favorite kitsches are otis the alligator Mm -hmm. And Trash Panda Pandemonium. Oh, the Trash Panda Pandemonium Pandemonium is one of my favorite parts of this whole series. Yeah. And book six in this series comes out in March. Mm -hmm. And um, and these are traditionally published through Berkeley. And so a lot of them are available on Hoopla, AnyPlay, and in Libby for the library. And they are standalones. Like, there's characters that cross over and there are connections to the Masters of Mercenaries series by Lexi Blake. Um, but you can, you can machete this series if you must. Um, I think we've done a quick shot on one of them, maybe two. Was, I'm pretty sure at least one, because didn't we do book one? I know we did book one. And then I thought, did we do the last book in this book five? It was either book four or book five. Okay, so I'll link them in our on-the-shelf show notes. I don't know. We do a lot of quick shots. <laughs> we do. Uh, next, uh, Small Town, and again, in no particular order, is Silver Island by Melissa Foster. Mm -hmm. So this is different. There are two series that take place on Silver Island. Yes. The first series has three books in it. The second series will have a total of five books, but only four. Well, I think it'll have out. more than five. It's just the five siblings, there... right? I thought there were six siblings. There... I think it's only five. Anyway, I don't that's know. not important. But they are both ongoing series. No, uh, the we first series is end. Silver Harbor is. It's done. Oh, that yeah. was the Montlake one. Yeah. That's why it was a three. Silver Harbor's yes. done. But the steals at Silver Island, there are four out now, and there will be a total of five, maybe six. But this this town, this island, is a figment of Melissa Foster's imagination. Like she created it. She created the map. She created everything about the town. Like she created the stores that like the store of the jewel zones, the cafe that the girls from the Silver Harbor series own. She like everything that in is in this town, like she she did that all her own. Yeah. Um, so small town. I love this town. I just have to say this. Like, I love the feel of the East Coast Islands, you know, like it's mm -hmm. based loosely on Cape Cod um, yeah. and the islands out on the Cape. And I, I'm an inland person, but, you know, I live very close to Lake Erie and there are islands up on Lake Erie and there's just a different feel mm -hmm. um, with that. So this small town features... Um, they have this main street that has like um, the happy ending gift shop and it has the um, coffee bar. And now there is the, is it a beauty salon 
place that Archer's girlfriend just opened? Make it's a makeup something because she was she's a makeup artist. Okay, so it was some sort of beauty salon esque. I can't I don't remember a but, spa um, or something. Maybe like a that. spa. Yeah, but but one thing about this town is there like there's a real sense of community because like, it it this is the essential like small town where only only a set number of people actually live on the island full time most most of the people that come to the town are tourists and so this is one of those like this is the epitome of the small town where people really do because i mean 90% of them are related to each other in some form or another also but like they truly do know like everything that's going on and they have community events and different mm-hmm. traditions there's the marina and then the steel family yeah the steel family own the hilltop winery that has tons of different mm-hmm. fun events and family kitschiness that goes into well, all of and that then the silvers own the they own the inn the inn like the, yep the inn and the one the, son owns a restaurant bar. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's it's just a really cool place yeah. that Melissa Foster's created. The Kitsch, the best Kitsch in Romancelandia is on Silver Island. You think so? I do. The older ladies of the island oh, yeah. are the called the Bra Brigade. Bra Brigade. Brigade. Mm-hmm. It's the grandma's. It's the grandmas and the moms of all the heroes. Well, and it's not only the moms, though. It's mostly just the grandmas, and the moms are kind of just like they're they're kind of pulled along. Like, but Mrs. Steele goes. She and her mother, true. her mother-in-law, her her and her mother-in-law, right? Or her mm-hmm. mother. Uh, it's mother-in-law. I think. I think her mom had passed away. But yeah, so like the broad brigade is they're a fierce group of like older women who and they go out and sunbathe in just their bra uh-huh. in different parts of the island and yes. are always up to trouble so i mean who doesn't love an older woman who's just living her life like she wants to yeah yeah okay next one Okay, the next small town we have is Wolf Gap by Catherine Cowles. Now, this is a Finnish series, and there are five books in this series. It's the Tattered and Torn series. Now, this is this is a series where the town doesn't play as big of a part. It's mostly about the people of the town, but they have a bar and grill. They have the cowboy inn. They have a lot of elements of that small town, but I feel like the people and, like, the essence of the town is more the focus in this series. I also think that this town creates because it like the way that this works as a small town, it has everything to do with its location. So mm-hmm. it's in the mountains of um, Oregon and there's like prepper communities that live out in this area. And yeah. that creates its own, kitsch and niche pieces to this Mm -hmm. small town because you have these people that are on the periphery of society that have an impact on the small town um and well and that's the thing like it is the people that kind of create how the small town works like they the preppers kind of stick to their outskirts and then like the people of the small town I mean, they have a lot of love and devotion to the town itself and the people that reside in it. And you can really get that feeling with the way that the town deals with stuff. But at the same time, like the town as a whole isn't a character. It's just kind of the setting in this one. Yeah. And there are places within this setting that um, play a part in it. There's like the... um... The trading post, which is kind mm-hmm. of the halfway point between society and the preppers. Yeah. And the other piece of this, I think something that Catherine does really well in her books, this is a remote location. Mm-hmm. And she does very well explain like the amount of time it takes to get from one place to the other. It isn't a quick five minute drive or if you get into 
something that you need the police to come. There is, it takes time for the police to get from town or the sheriff to get from town to your location because nothing is just right next door um, in this community. And this is one of those communities too, where they have like a main drag where there's like the, the restaurants and things to do, but the, the homes themselves are not there. Like there's a, there's like a central look, there's a centralized location for people to, to come and like gather and where things happen. So you don't have to drive like two hours to get to stuff, but like the homes themselves are spread out throughout the the land of the, the town. Yeah. This community doesn't really have a kitsch. There isn't anything like mm-hmm. there isn't a mascot or anything that is unique to the town. There is a fierceness of loyalty to each other mm-hmm. within the town. As long as you are part of the community, if they consider you on the peripheral, they just go about their business. So I would even say that this is absolutely about setting. This is small town Mm -hmm. about setting. Okay. So the next one on our list um, is another one that is more setting driven than character small town. And this is The Redemption Hills by A.L. Jackson. Um, this is a four book series. I do believe it is complete because she thinks I'm pretty sure it is done. Um, she shared with us in our happy hour that she's spinning it off, spinning off to another series. Mm-hmm. Um, and this small town, we don't really get a ton of town in this series. No, we don't. Like we get, it, she talks in like generalizations about the small town itself and how everything's kind of clustered in a way. Like there's not a lot of like distance traveling when you get, want to go from one place to the other in this specific town, but the town itself is more backdrop and like the, her books are very character driven and story driven. Like the town, it's kind of a, it's a non nomer type thing. Yeah, I mean, we do know that it's like northern to mid California, mm-hmm. and there are some mountains. Um, it's a little more agriculture driven than it is big city driven. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have, you know, diverse populations, but it's definitely more uh, small town setting over small town characterization. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, and even the way the town itself is, like Trent owns a club, like there's the private school and like the dance, like stuff like that. And sometimes in some small towns, you don't have things like that. So it has those like bigger city feels in a small town setting. Yeah. Um, Okay. What's the next one on our list? Okay. Next one is Orchid Valley by Lexi Ryan. As of right now, there are four books in this series and I don't think she's going back to it, but never say never because she always could because originally it was only supposed to be three books. But this one, the small town, again, is more of a back, it's a, more of a setting. Like we have the Orchid Spa, which is named after the town. And they spend a lot of time in Smithy's Bar. But aside from that, like there's not really a ton of small town. Um, we get some of the, like, we know that there's an exercise place. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there is a restaurant. Um it's more of a sleepy, it feels more like a bedroom community than it would mm-hmm. like its own prospering town. I think that it is in a fairly close location to say something like Savannah or right. like even an, an Atlanta suburb. Um, but I will say Lexi Ryan, her book's also heavily character driven. It was hard to pick, but we featured her other small town that is my favorite. Yeah. Um, in the other small town in episode. the other small town episode so um we but just wanted to is, spread the love this there's something about this small town that's really true and authentic like you have i think she really gets the small town right like not everybody knows what's going on with everybody like you have those core people that you talk to and hang out with and you see Pete like you like you'll see these people and they have the bar they have the spa and but the town itself, like it just, it, it's not this overt thing. It is more of like that sleepy, slower moving small town. And I think that that's one of the reasons I really enjoy this series. 
Um, and the last of our six is Hunter Valley, Montana mm-hmm. by Vanessa Vale. Now, at this very moment of release of this episode, there is one book in this small town. There is one. Book two is coming out March 7th. Um, we know of right now this will be a four book series at this moment, but Heather oh, and I she- got- did, is it actually four? Because the last, the one time we talked to her, she wasn't sure if nope. it was going to be all four. No, she knows. Oh, she's got so many books planned in this small town. She is staying in Hunter Valley for a while. Oh. Um, in our happy hour with her that Heather and I did back in December to sh- talk about um, Manhunt, she yeah. shared with us that she has ideas of the guy that owns the landscaping tree trimming service there's oh i'm thinking her alpha mountain series i'm getting her series mixed up which is also a small town um her uh the barista that owns the coffee coffee shop which is like kitschy in itself yeah i mean this is a town that in book one we already know it celebrates it has its parade and Mm -hmm. they have a dog rescue that everyone is a huge fan of it does have a resort feel to it, and that's why the hero in book one is in town. He's building a, a resort. Um, and so this is going to be – I'm excited for this series. Like, I feel I like – It can go so many places, which is just so fun. Well, and there's a lighter, fun, like, rom-com, sexy feel to these books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. Sometimes we get small town, and they're so um, – Heavy. Yeah, they're heavy. heavy. They're, you know, it's like I'm escaping to go home to the small town. I'm running from my life or I'm hiding out in a small town or mm-hmm. there's, you know, seriously, I never want to move to one of Catherine Cowell's small towns because kidnapping is rampant and murder. <laughs> yeah, that's like true. Everyone, people. Um, that's true. Her Jackson, small towns. A.L. Jackson has a lot of violence in her small town. Yeah. So I'm just saying that. On the other end of that, Vanessa Vale has, you know, a coffee shop with cute, fun, kitschy pink T-shirts and cute, ugly mutt dogs that everybody wants to adopt. So it's true. Who doesn't like an adorable coffee shop? I mean, I'm there for that. Right. Um, Okay. So here are Leah and I's top two small towns. We're just going to go back to forth. Uh, Leah, give us your first one. Okay, my first one is actually Blue Moon by Lucy Scort. Now, this is a series. There's eight books in this series. Um, and the townspeople themselves are what I love about this series. Like, they have the town beautification committee who are there, like, the schemers of all things. But the town truly is an entity of itself. Like, the town is a character. The people are wild and i mean you have those normal people but then you have those over the top like outlandish characters it's it's a really funny series it has some really heartfelt moments in it but it's just it's one of my favorite small town series ever written um okay so my next my top one of my top small towns is winterville by carrie elks um, this is a five book series. Book five comes out at the end of March. Four books are out now. Um, this, I love this town. It is so funny. And if you love the Hallmark movies that take place in the small ski town in the middle of nowhere, New England or West Virginia, and you would like to have those stories have some spiciness to them then you should read Winterville. I've been yelling about this series since before Christmas. Um, it is the small town is a character in on itself in this series. Mm-hmm. It's a town all about Christmas and it has um, small town features like the Winterville Inn, the Jingle Bell Theater. There's the coffee shop. There's a ski resort. And the kitsch of this whole town is Christmas. Um, everything is Christmas driven. The founder of the small town was a Hollywood starlet that got her fame by being in a really super popular Christmas movie. So think White Christmas, you know, one of the 
Like if Rosemary Clooney had only ever done White Christmas and then been a single mom and moved to West Virginia and started a small town. Like that's who Candy um, was when she started Winterville. Um, Well, and that's the thing. Like she created this town. Yes. So there's like busybodies. You have the mechanic and the coffee shop owner who are both, I think they're divorcees and a widow. And... They're a couple. Like, at this point, they're a couple, but they are also, like, the biggest gossipers in all of small townness. Um, it is everything I want in a small town romance. So, okay, what's your next one? Okay, my next one is Piersville, Texas by Mary B. Moore. Now, there are a number of books in this series. There's four in the original series, but there are two two spinoffs. There might be three spinoffs. I can't remember, but they're not... They're not all like centrally located to Piersville. They kind of like spout off to like where the relatives live. But um, so this town, it is more, it's a setting. Like the town itself is the setting in the, the kitchen. This one is 100% the characters that reside in this town and the characters that come to live in this town. And in one of the books, the heroine, she gives her animals the worst possible names like she has a a chicken named kfc and it has like a whole like meaning to it but they're like you named your chicken after like a a a chicken restaurant and she sees no problem with that and it's just so they have there's the bar where people hang out and they will have like presentations of chaos in the bar but the characters hearst is one of the he ends up being the mayor eventually and just his antics because he is this old dude who has gives zero fucks and he does what he wants and he he lives his life to like the fullest and does his thing but everybody knows like when Hearst is coming you watch out like you never know what's going to happen and just the the characters that Mary creates are just outlandish and hilarious and it's this entity that you just really, really want to be a part of. It gives me all the feels <laughs> and all the laughs. Um, okay. So my final small town is Willow Springs, Georgia by Kaylee Ryan. Um, there are five books currently planned in this series. Three are out. The fourth book comes out. Um, okay. I s- The fourth book comes out in March. I say this, but there's actually a novella that takes place in this small town. And then there's a whole other standalone novella or novel that take place in this small town. Because I read that one. That's the the one that introduces these, the Kincaids. Yeah. It introduces the Kincaids and the, um, and the small town. Mm -hmm. Um, what is it? Is it never, never with me, never with me, um, never with me kicks off this small town and then we get the novella of the first brother this is a family of nine brothers but this is a situation where the small town is simply the setting Mm -hmm. and all the boys live in and around the small town um the community college is like a half an hour hour drive away there's another small town kind of adjacent that's a little bit bigger that's about a 20 minute drive the other way um you know so this is like small town georgia this is Mm -hmm. what i expect but again it is setting. It is yeah. not character. Um, you know, some of the features in the town, there is a lake, there's the diner, but overall it's just the Kincaid family that brings you back to this small town. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I actually, we have two community winners because the vote was, was so close? close. Now, have you read both of these? I have, yes. Now, I haven't read all of the books in both of them, but I've read quite a few in both of them. Okay, so let's start with the first winner, because I'm going to give you both of these guys, because like I said, the vote was within like two or three. Um, Okay, so give us the first one. You don't want to say it, do you? Atru? I, I actually don't know how to pronounce it either. I think it's Autre. Autre, Louisiana. By Erin Nicholas. So she, in this, there's two series, I think. Here, let me look it yeah, up. Yeah, it's check. the Bad Boys of the Bayou and the Badges of the Bo- Bayou. Well, but then, but the boy, the Marty. And on. then there's like 
the wild. So there might be three that happen in this, but they are the bad boys of the bayou, the badges of the bayou, and then there is another one. It's it's the one that the utterly irresistible that we did a quick yes. shot on is also in this town. Well, because one of the, the badges is the new series that I think there's only one or two books out. No, three books. The third book of the badges just came out. Um, so the bad boys of the Bayou, there are eight books, but I don't think all of them take place in Autre. I think, and again, Aaron, I don't know how to pronounce that. That Feel that free name. to send us a voice memo with how we yes, butchered this, please. please. Because I know that you've said it somewhere, but I can't remember. But the boys of the Bayou is where we are introduced to this series because it's a spinoff series from her New Orleans series. Okay. So we meet the, the, the Landry family who are part of the boys of the bayou and a lot of like the the original characters and but the thing with this little town is it it is right on the bayou there's this like hole in the wall bar that the landry family owns there's there's just so many little kitschy things there's there's otters in the one book and there's just so many little pieces like the the town itself is really a big part of the book like the layout like how like the the employment of all these characters and how it ties the the town into the stories is really important as well and bringing new things and because they do bayou tours and create in the one book they create this petting zoo like in the bayou like for the Bayou Tours company that they own. And so it's like really creating this establishment of the town. Okay. But I have not read it. I downloaded three books today onto my Kindle. So um, Mm -hmm. stay tuned guys. And you might hear some should you read it's over on Patreon. Um, The other winner, and this is a series of novellas. Yes, they're all novellas. And this is the Whiskey Run think they're all novellas if not they're short they're like two oh so like category size category size or novellas okay so this is whiskey run by hope ford Mm -hmm. so these ones there are multiple series like it's it's actually i don't remember how i i think there are four or five different series like there's a series that they are at the bar there's a series where it's like here, let me give me a second. Okay, well, just tell us, like, getting all my would you say these soon. are your quick and dirty kind of novellas? Like, these oh, are novellas yeah. with spice? Oh, 100%. Like, Hope Ford, she writes a quick, dirty novella. There's plot. They are not PWP. Sometimes they're plot light. But it also depends. Like, she's has new ones coming out, like The Whiskey Men. It's a new series in Whiskey Run, but they're a little bit longer. So that's the thing, too. If you're looking for something short and steamy, then she's great. Like, these new ones, or the the brand new one, it's called Reluctant Husband. It's it's very good. It's a fake marriage, um, fake no, fake engagement story. It's 246 pages, but you, a lot of her whiskey runs can top out at 100 pages. Can you read these just sporadically, like just pick mm-hmm. one or two from here and there? Yeah. So if you it's do a trope not you have, like. You don't have to to read these in order. We should like probably do one of our new episodes on her. Yeah. Like her backlist and stuff. She has a huge backlist. We should probably do that. Huge backlist. And that's one of the things. But you can kind of pick and choose. Like you can. She has like the bad boy she has the second chance she has there's one that i read not too long ago where they it was a married couple they got divorced because of circumstances but they're still in love and it's them coming back together um she has one where they are the brothers own a beard or a brewery in how they like their relationship and the relationship with the town. So you can really find any character type that you want. She's a big fan of the real bodied heroine. Okay. Like oftentimes she has a real bodied heroine and her care, like her heroes are not really, not always the, the typical male either. Like a lot of times they are, but she does 
there is variety in them as well. But she, um, most of her books have the, the instant connection, not always on both sides, one of them. There's usually an instant connection for one of them, but she has cowboys, she has motorcycle guys, she has athletes, she has a little, a little bit of everything, but she has a, a very large backlist. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So those are our two community winners. And that is Aaron Nicholas's at Autre. Autre. And send us a message, Aaron, and let us know. And Whiskey Run by Hope Ford. And both of those are Kindle Unlimited, right? Um, Aaron Nicholas will hop back and forth. But right now, I think that everything is KU or she will release wide and then drop into KU. Like she is, she does a little mix of both. I think, I think it depends on the series, how she releases it. And then hope Ford whiskey run. Those are all KU. Yes. Okay. Um, if we did not list your favorite small town and you've listened to this episode and you've listened to our previous small town episode, and we still missed a small town that you want us to talk about. Let us know because we send us a message. Yeah, we want to know what small towns we might be sleeping on. Yes. Um, okay, Leah, it's that, it's time. that time for book book of of the, the week. week. It's weird. I haven't done that for a couple weeks. I know. We kind of, with the uh, holidays in life uh, and schedules, we, you know, I did the last episode solo and mm-hmm. life's been a little chaotic. So we're it's back with book chaotic. of the week. We are. So what was your book of the week? Okay. So I have to say, I picked this book up because I was on the Tiki Talk and the author was talking about how her pre-orders were very low and she was concerned because she had used a plus size model on the cover and mm. the cover is gorgeous, gorgeous. Like I'm obsessed with right this now. cover. It's beautiful. It is a rear view of, it's the backside view of a plus size model wearing a black corset and black oh my that is very nice in the rain it's gorgeous um and she's worried that because she put a fat person on the cover that's why the book wasn't selling and i'm like people are stupid i'm gonna buy the book so i'm talking about q is four by l dubois which is lila dubois um and this is book 17 in her bdsm checklist series um i have read this all of the letters of the alphabet yeah, and I've read this series intermittently. They do absolutely read as standalones. Mm-hmm. You do not have to read them in order. Um, I've read A. I think I read D. I don't know. I can't tell you. I've just, I've read intermittently. Because um, well, she'll occasionally have like a random letter for sale. Yeah. Yep. So this is steamy and sexy. It was this fantastic instant connection with so much great banter and heart. It was a super fast read for me. It's what you expect when you pick up a BDSM title. There is absolute consent in it. Um, The exploration of... These are shorter stories also. Yeah, they are. Um, I think it was like 230 pages. Yeah. Consent is really relevant in these books. Um, Lots of communication and discussion. I won't spoil what Q is for. Um, You will just have to read it. Or I have an upcoming Buzzing After Dark episode on it. So if you're a member of our Patreon, you will be able to hear an upcoming Buzzing After Dark where I will review it and share some quotes. There are some... There are some really good stories in this series. Okay, I do have to say, though, I learned two new things in this book. I learned what figging is. Okay. And I learned about a new, very, very interesting butt plug that gives the same effect as rimming. Really? And I had looked it up online to see, you know. If it was purchasable, because I'm that person, people. And it is. It is. What is figging? You'll have to tell me off. No, I can tell you now, but I didn't know if our listeners wanted to be surprised. You can you can just tell me later. Okay, if anybody needs to know but doesn't want to Google it, just message me. I'll tell you. 
Leah, what was your book of the week? Um, my book of the week, I've actually been in a pretty bad book slump because of the Perfect Gentleman series reviews that we're doing. So I've been rereading a ton, but, but I was you're on the done t- with the Perfect Gentleman now. I am, but like I'm in a hangover now because of it. Like I was in a slump and now I'm hungover and I was on the Tiki Talk as one does. And I keep coming across these L. Nicole books. L. Nicole, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm sorry. Um, so I, it was a ticky talk for book four in the series, but that one, like it's, it just didn't really pull me in. So I read book five. It is a fake relationship reformed playboy story. And those like, those suck me right in. I really enjoyed it. I read it as a standalone and I didn't like the, the characters from book four show up a decent amount in this one, but the other ones, I don't think they show up at all. So you can like read it as a standalone. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Like he falls first. There's, it's pretty angsty, but not, but not forced. Like it was angst that made sense for the story. And as I was reading, like she is, um, I think she's part of like TL Swan's like reader, not reader group, but like author group. So I think if you like a TL Swan book that you would like these stories, I actually haven't read a TL Swan book. No, I have read TL Swan. Hers are a little angstier. Um, at least the ones that I've read are angstier than this, but I really enjoyed it. I definitely will be checking more of her work out. Like it would, it's, it's long and it's wordy, but it wasn't so much that it took me out of the story, but I liked it a lot. It was called trapped with Mr. Walker. Okay. Okay. Um, and there's, there's a lot of sexcapades, but and not in a bad way, but suspense isn't even pulling you out of your book. No, there, well, I, it was a lot of rereads and I needed something different, like okay. something new. And so this is a new to me author, like completely out of like my wheelhouse. Like I needed, I needed something different. I read, I read some really dirty books and those were not helping. I mean, they were really good, but like, I just needed something different. So and I as, think this was it. As Leah mentioned, we are in the midst of the perfect gentleman read and review quick shot drops. Book yes. one is out now and book two will drop on February 28th. And mm-hmm. those are, we do give spoilers in those episodes and they do need to be read in order. You can check out our website for more details on how to participate and follow along with the perfect gentleman discussion it was such a great series and i am remiss that i had not read it sooner but the way that we did this quick shot like review it was actually in as much as i complained about it like it was a lot of fun yeah it, oh it's and it's still ongoing fun because now it the is community is reading it they are and now i have read all five of the books because i was allowed to <laughs> finally and so honestly it's really hard not to spoil stuff but we're doing a great job by not spoiling anything. We are. We're doing it. We're we're doing a good job. And, and honestly, like this was such a fun, like a fun thing that we did. Okay. As much as I pitched about it. So the other day, I realized that I've been a little remiss in our welcoming of new Patreon members. Um, between all the chaos at the end of the year mm-hmm. and holidays and getting back into the swing of things, I have, I have just fallen down on my job, of welcoming Patreon members. So I want to make sure that we send a huge welcome and thank you to Aaron and Sherry and Patricia and Amy and Judith and Carla and Merritt and Shannon. So because of all of you amazing people, we were able to, you all triggered our 40 person Mm -hmm. Patreon giveaway that we were able to host uh, right after the first of the year. And so, I mean exciting things are happening so this is awesome our community is growing we are so excited and so happy to have you um as a part and we look forward to meeting you at drunk book club and all of our other fun chaotic events Mm -hmm. and on that same note we are celebrating our the one year anniversary of karen and jen ellen um for being part of the buzzing about romance community our community is so much better with the amazing members that we have and we honestly and truly have one of the best communities in romance i can't believe it's only been a year with jen ellen because she came right in at galentine's day last year which she did she has stuck around for our camps. she must really like us she must 
Um, so we really appreciate all of our Patreon supporters, and we would not be able to bring you the podcast without them. The current We currently have four open tiers on Patreon, and these start at $5 a month, include membership to Drunk Book Club, and other exclusive content. Um, and for we have these exclusive episodes that we drop once a week right now over there um, on Patreon called Should You Read It? and Buzzing After Dark. You get one or the other once a week. <laughs> um, so basically you get a bonus episode every week mm-hmm. over on Patreon. Um, and then, like we said, we have Drunk Book Club and some other fun events. And we did Galentine's Day and everybody learned how to make a watercolor um, TBR. Yes. Uh, mine's painting. More um, not on video. I was going to say mine's right behind me still. But um, and I it. think we're going to do another craft night in May and uh, canvas bag painting so that everybody can have a house purse. Ooh, a house purse. Yes, because it, our um, Heather, our contributor, Heather was telling us the one night about her house purse and how she has her Kindle and her planner and her phone and all these things. She carries her house purse from room to room. Like she is never without the house purse. And so now everybody needs a house purse. We all need a house purse. Um, so we haven't talked about reviews for the podcast in a while. We um, and I know that like Michael in his outro that he says for the podcast, we he mentions it. But I, I really just want to say, if you're listening to this right now and you have a comment about what we're talking about or you would like to add more we would love it if you would just scroll down to the bottom of this episode on whatever platform you're listening on and leave us a review they absolutely help us um uh get Mm -hmm. seen by other podcast listeners and um you know we are always looking for new listeners and the reviews help people find us yeah so Anyway. So you can find a list of all of our upcoming dates and events, including book club, happy hours, plot a book and reading challenges at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events. And we do send out newsletters if we have events. So if you have not signed up for the newsletter yet, um, you can do that on the website as well. And we are revamping how we do newsletters. So keep an eye out for that. Yep. Um, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff happening over on the blog right now and on the website. We do. We do. And Becky and I have been posting like different like blog posts about thing like novella. Well, not novellas. I actually have a novella one in the works, but <sighs> there's single dads and binge reading and audiobooks. And honestly, like we were, we've just been writing more posts about just life reading type things. But also kind of out. providing people with like niche TBRs, mm-hmm. you know, if you are looking for a bingeable series, you know, I gave a couple of suggestions. I, on Valentine's Day, did a whole post about really dynamic kisses yes. in different romance books. So, and how sexy a kiss can be in a book. Um, well, and I did one about the, the secret baby, but it's not a baby. Like they find out about them like after the fact. So if there's like a something that you're looking for that you haven't found that we've talked about, let us know and we will write about it. Yeah, we, we can absolutely, you know, if you're looking for something really niched, I'm getting ready to write one this week about weather trapped because we recently I have read a few new Snowden and other mm-hmm. natural disaster romances. And um, so I think they can be really dynamic and I want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, like if you're looking for some niche things, you might check over on our pour over section on the blog um, for some TBR lists because we do, I did do audiobooks and we broke down all the different audiobook uh, retailers and, you know, cost and benefits and all that stuff for everybody. Um, So yeah, you guys should check those out and, you know, add more books to your TBR. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.